welcome back, good people of the world, to Gab with Gwen podcast. We are on episode 49, and I have a special guest, Miss Rebecca. How are you? I am as well as can be expected in the current times. Yes, my friend, we're still <laughs> in the pandemic. In the pandemic. So, where are you located? I live in Denver, Colorado. Okay. So, but I'm not from here, and I don't want people to get confused. <laughs> how, how long have you been there? Uh, I moved here the first time in 08. Then I left and came back in 2014 with my husband. Okay. What made you – so you want to say where are you originally from, and how did you end up in Colorado? Well, darling, I'm originally – I grew up outside New York City um, and in Westchester County. And then I ended up in Colorado. I have a brother who lives here in Boulder. And I was living a crazy life, girl, um, at the time. Because you knew me when I was young and beautiful. Remember that? <laughs> Weren't we all, my friend? Weren't we all? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, girl. Seriously. So after I we met in Japan, right, I went to Colorado um, because I was feeling kind of lost, you know, like I, 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 it was a time I was about 30. I think I just turned 30 and I just wanted some kind of adventure. And I thought, Oh, I'll just go live in the mountains. And I got out of those mountains after like five minutes. I was like, this is not the place for me. I do not like the outdoors and everybody needs to get away from me right now with their like gross dates that they want to take me on. Oh my gosh. You know, the first thing that this guy was like, let's go hiking and whitewater rafting. And I was like, nah, bruh. Nah. So anyway, that is how I ended up out here. And then I ended up going to graduate school here to get my master's because um, I had a scholarship at the University of Denver. And then I met my now husband here. He's a Jamaican Scandinavian Jew. You don't see that every day in Denver, if you know what I mean. And so he and I got married. Um, we were in the Bay Area, but then we moved back to Colorado, which is where he's from. Okay. I don't, oh, so your I don't husband's also from Colorado. My husband is from Colorado. Okay. He was born and raised here. And he, um, but his dad's from Jamaica and his mom was from Brooklyn. Got it. Got it. So you got the East Coasters, West Indians, somehow in Colorado of all places? Well, you know, his daddy went to Howard. And so he met his, this is, girl, you don't have to edit. But anyway, <laughs> his dad went to Howard and met his mom in D.C. He was working like 20 jobs as a good Jamaican must do. Right. And so he was like the handyman in her building or something. And then, you know, they met and fell in love. And then he got a job um, here in Colorado working for the state. And so then they moved here. Oh, I feel like this is like a deep interview, girl. So how do you so how do you like it? So I mean, let's talk. So on this podcast, you have podcasts to you know plug your podcast. Anything you want to do? Um, mm -hmm. I talk about everything: sex, race, pop culture, deep cuts on economics and supply chain. Just we talk about everything. So from the most trivial nonsense to Real Housewives, it doesn't really matter. It's just a whim, whatever we feel. And it's all connected because we're all people at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel as a woman of color living in Colorado, which I presume is a fairly white area? Ooh, okay. So this is so loaded right now. You're catching me at a kind of a crazy time, honey, because of the pandemic, yeah. because of – 
things that are happening in my community because of the way I'm linked up to people here. So I will say that when I first moved here, I was really overwhelmed by how white it was. Like, like I thought I lived in, like, I grew up in West Hester and it's, that's white, you know, but you only got to drive like 20 minutes and then you're in the Bronx. So, <laughs> so it's a little bit different. But here, um, it's a very, it's not that different than any other city in America as far as like the, the segregation, um, as far as that goes. Like, it's not a big, and I think, I'm not gonna say, it's not, it's not a big deal in the sense of if you've had to navigate, and I imagine, right, so I'm speculating, but if you've ever had to navigate being a person of color in predominantly white spaces, then I imagine it's the same. It's the same. nuances to New York culture versus anywhere. And you've lived a lot of places. Well, I would say though, the big thing here, I talk about this a lot is that, you know, me, I'm mixed race. I identify as black. I'm a light, bright, you know, I look how I look. Um, but I feel like in New York, when I'd be like, I'm black, people will be like, Oh word, the end here. These people tell me I'm white passing. Like, (laughs) and I'm like, okay, like I hold on, hold on. Who's telling you you're white passing? Well, one of my homegirls, I think she's mad. Is she white? Is she black? <laughs> she's black. Um, but I, that's not really, I don't think that has that much to do with me, but that's a whole other topic. Um, but I feel like the reason I identify the way I identify is because growing up, right, somebody asked me my race like every day of my life up until, and even still now, people ask me like, they, they don't know I'm black, right? They're like, what are you? But they don't think I'm white is my point. Right. Um, so ethnically ambiguous. Yeah, but I, for me, I'm a loving generation baby, right? So I grew up in the 80s and there's no, you there we were not like, there was no category is what I'm saying. Like we were black yeah. <laughs> at that time. So like I feel like time and place matters when, when we're talking about um, racial ambiguity and mixed race stuff, right? It's like, it, that does matter. It does matter that I grew up at a time where my white grandparents disowned my mother for marrying my father, right. right? So like, that's like heavy stuff that you don't even realize is like impacting you. Um, so yeah, so I would say that living here is really challenging um, in that regard. I also think that I work very hard to create the kind of community that I want. I'm very careful about the social circle that I've constructed like here with my, with my family, um, where it has gotten very stressful for me is I live in a neighborhood that is a decommissioned airport. It used to be the old airport and it was called Stapleton and the, the, it was named after a mayor here in Denver who was mayor like in the 20s, almost like, like all the way to the 50s. Like he was, you know, and he was That's also this very, yes. yeah, yes. V- very high ranking member in the Ku Klux Klan. And so they, that, when I found out this information, when I first moved here, I was like, what? Like <laughs> someone told me that they were like, you live in, you it know was very, I'm huh, sorry, go ahead. And, and I shouldn't, and I shouldn't care, but I shouldn't say this, but when I think of the KKK, I think of it having a place more in the South. Oh, guess and what, honey? I know it's outside of that, but I almost feel like, well, what the fuck did you need the KKK for in Colorado? <laughs> I don't know. Listen, so um, I will tell you, 
Colorado had the largest KKK west of the Mississippi. Um, we, the whole city, Denver was completely run by the Ku Klux Klan for years and years and years. And I believe in some ways it, it still is. Wow. Um, and so if you, you don't have to dig very deep to find the history of Colorado with the Klan. Mm. However, when I found out that this is my neighborhood, right? Somebody like a, one of my husband's friends was like, you know, you live in Crackertown. I was like, come on, sir. <laughs> I was like, there's a lot of white people, but you don't have to be like that. You know? Wow. It was a joke. You know, we're laughing. And I then mean, I found out. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> then I found out it was true. And I was like mad. But I was mad because nobody knew. That was my point. Like, I was like, how are we, you know, like, how does nobody know this? Because my husband grew up here. Because on the flip side, could that be a good thing? Like, the history No, but itself? once you know, do you know what I'm saying? And then, honey, then here's the real deal. So that guy's grandson or his great-grandson, he ran for governor, dude. <laughs> did he win no we got that we have our jewish gay governor uh jared polis um so that that whole situation though what bothered me it wasn't so much the name okay gwen it was not it was because when people brought it up the reaction to it was disgusting so you know, just, uh, just so much gaslighting and racism and just like, it was, and so for me, that was the reason I even got involved in it. Cause I was like, Hey, if we can't do the easy things, like change the name of our neighborhood from a Klansman, how are we ever supposed to do the hard things? That's true. And so, I mean, there was a vote like there, I mean, people, it, it's such a long story, <laughs> you know, but what was <laughs> the final gonna... result? Did it get changed or no? No. So last summer yeah. they did a vote and 60% of my neighbors voted to keep the name of a Klansman. Um, and that would, I call that my shitmas test, right? It's like a litmus test. I said, if this vote passes, if we change it, then I think there's hope for us in November to remove, um, the current thing that's so in the white in 20, house. This has happened like within the last year, you're saying? Yeah, this is last summer in August. And, when that happened, everybody was upset. Well, well, I was upset and most people I feel like that were not white in the neighborhood and then people who have relationships with non-white people or non-white children, you know, those were the people that were like, yeah, duh, let's change the name, right? So what are the demographics in the neighborhood? Uh, it's 80% white, I think, maybe more i don't know what the latino population is i could probably look it up but i know that it's about 10 percent black which is interesting um Decent and that size. was something yeah. well here's what i noticed though when i moved here um i don't know how exciting this is for your audience members but That's when i first moved here i was surprised by how many black people i saw in the neighborhood <laughs> like i was i was like oh this is good like when i'd go to the rec center or to the grocery store, like I, but it's because this neighborhood is bumps up to Aurora, which has a different demographic than Denver. And it also bumps up next to historically black neighborhoods, um, North Park Hill and Montbello. So we're kind of like sandwiched in between all of these black communities. And so I really liked that because I felt like when I go to the supermarket, like it felt like normal in there to me, you know, and the people from the people working there and the people shopping there, you, you, you know, like when you go into a store, a, 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 I don't want to like a regular store or something like you see people of all different races, yeah. backgrounds, sizes, you know what I mean? Like all that, yeah. like here, they're just, they just don't have that kind of diversity. It's simply not here. Um, 
So yeah, and then the the hard part of this fight, so I joined the study, it was like this renamed Stapleton, it was a whole big action and stuff. And so people, but when we organized the vote, it was very confusing. They said only property owners could vote. So renters in the neighborhood mm. couldn't vote. And who do you well, think's that, renting? That changes, th- well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why couldn't only property owners vote? I want you to to answer your own question. I mean, I know the answer <laughs> to the question. I know this, but I want to just put it out there because that's clearly trying to skew. And then listen the to this. Then if like people had a apartments building, so all these developers that don't even live here, you know, they've got like five votes or something. Cause it was yeah. like, we only got one vote per household even. So that was another thing. It was like, it was so messed up. It actually resulted in me running for a local office. <laughs> I have a whole. <laughs> it's great. No, I think this is. First of all, it's a, so. I've said. I don't know if you've heard podcasts. I, I've said that I think that Trump is going to win just based on. Oh yeah. So many absolutely. things that I've seen. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. Even including his fuck ups with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, look, people are rioting where you are. Not rioting, but protesting that they want to be unquarantined. Whatever. People are stupid. So. I, I, I think he's going to win regardless, but I think that's an I- interesting microcosm, right, of mm-hmm. America to see. So like, that's how I are. based it, though. I said, listen, if this vote passes, then I'll know that there's like some kind of movement, you know, in the right. way people are thinking. Because I live in a very – Denver is a, like a blue city, and Colorado is like a purplish state, right? Mm-hmm. So Denver and Boulder, very liberal. Colorado Springs, Fort Collins, not so much, okay? But here it is a – it's a liberal progressive city and in general, I mean, I can't, I don't want to get into all that, but in general, I'll just say that. And then when they voted to keep the name, I was like, that's it because these people just, they don't get it. They don't care. And do you think the age was there, is there an age thing? Do you, do you see that that neighborhood had older or baby boomers or Gen X? Like, did you Mm -hmm. see that it was skewing from a, from an age no i think it was from a white property male owning perspective that's what i think ultimately it was sort of about and people they don't want to okay really i think it comes down to i think people just don't want they can't admit it so if they admit that keeping the name and voting to keep the name of stapleton Mm -hmm. if they admit that that's racist then they have to admit everything is racist right so like they can't they can't like bear to do it. And I cannot tell you how many arguments that I have got into with my neighbors over this, like online in our little Facebook groups and then also in community meetings, where I was like, you guys, I'm your neighbor. I live here. I don't feel welcome here. I'm terrified to have my black brother because he has a darker complexion than me, even though I too am your black neighbor. I'm scared to have him house sit for us because I'm scared something's going to happen to him here. They call the cops constantly on people. They'll be like, oh, there's someone suspicious in the alley. What's suspicious about them? It's like, because they look like a... Yeah. Okay, so one last thing, because I always like to try to... Listen, I'm a Gemini. I think you're a Gemini too. I try to Oh my God, yes. Okay, so... Was there like, was it just yes or no to the name Stapleton or was like, oh, we're going to change it from Stapleton to Malcolm X? Like what was there? No, a it was just no? to change. No. And actually that was part of it too. People are like, well, well, we should call it. It's like, who cares what we call it? Let's just not call it this. And right. so the thing that, all right. All right. So basically Stapleton, when they, when the developers came in to plan the neighborhood, mm-hmm. 
They told them, hey, the airport is named after Ben Stapleton, who was in the Ku Klux Klan, right? So when they moved the airport, do you think they kept the name? No, they call it Denver International Airport. Why? Because if they called it the Stapleton Airport and people found out it was a Klansman's name, what do you think would happen? Right. Okay. So let's, let's, it started with that. There has been a variety of activists who have spoken out about it, who have asked, please, let's remove this name. Let's not honor this Klansman anymore. Let's just, you know, let's do something else. And then the they always said no 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 we're gonna the neighborhoods are just gonna take on their own names it's just a place marker we're not gonna use it in our branding we're not gonna that's what they said all you have to do is go online and you will see it is all over everything and then our master community association girl the name the name alone the ma- so I ran as to be a, de- a neighborhood delegate as a write-in candidate mm-hmm. to help change some of these like our bylaws or whatever right and. People just could not handle it. They were but what like, "What was the pushback?" Right. So, like, so you we know the argument clearly. Why, from your perspective, why it should be changed? And I recognize that, and I agree. But what was their pushback? What was their argument? So I'm going to go ahead and quote our oh, the only Black City Council person we have. His name is Chris Herndon, and he lives here in the neighborhood. Chris Herndon came out and said he does not mind the name at all mm-hmm. and that he's never experienced racism in our neighborhood. Well, I don't want to hear his thing. Okay, I don't want to hear from black person. <laughs> I want to hear the, <laughs> the constituents. The, the But he's the person. That was his, you know what they said? They said our city council person is black and said it's not a problem. So that's why we that, But that's not, okay. That's, so when I you mean, going- I literally <laughs> interviewed people. And that is what they said. So, so, so to me, though, that means that you're not hearing the real reason. Because that is just saying, okay, oh, my black friend said it's okay, so it's okay. But that's not actually saying their true feelings of why they have an affinity to the name Stapleton that it's worth keeping. Right? You know, we're not really hearing the, well, the true I reasons. Mean, the real reason is because they don't want to admit that they're participating in uh, white supremacy and that's it. Like, there's no, I don't, I don't know the answer. I mean, you'd have to ask them, but generally yeah, I that's know. what they say. It's like, I, w- I would love to hear it from them. Like, oh, I, I grew up, I heard, because this is the thing we have. To- oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I'll give you that. Yeah. People say, well, I just think of it as the airport. That was their argument. They're like, well, it was the airport. I'm like, yeah, but the airport was named after the Klansman. I don't understand this, like, mentality of so, saying yeah, it. was it. the airport, but do you care? Is there some nostalgia with the airport game like what is it is it so heavily i like so i'm gonna give an example a new york example uh a, a deep cut for y'all who you know all y'all people come from new york and out here so a lot of the bridges and tunnels in oh, yeah. new york have been renamed right mm-hmm. so if you like the triborough is maybe the jackie robinson so a bunch of stuff my all these things now have names of like people <laughs> but if you grew mm-hmm. up in new york at a different time you know them as the other names so truth be told sometimes people say stuff like oh it's the rfk i was like what the or fuck the tap and z yeah 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 tap and z i'm like wait and then they're like mario Cuomo. i'm like i don't know these fucking new names you guys are telling me. I really don't know because <laughs> it's the Tappan Zee, it's the Triborough, it's all, these are things I know. So, so I, I know I'm like that, you know, now obviously there's not necessarily a racist tone. Like the other, the other names are literally geographic names basically, or just the names that were there before. Um, and now they're names after people. And if you're here, a newer newcomer, you're going to use the new names as opposed to me, who's washed, and I use the old <laughs> names in the New York City right. bridges and tunnels. So, and I and I, I'm not justifying it, but I, the thing is, 
for us to even have a chance to get Trump to be out of office, we do have to listen to what these people are really saying and try to fucking really understand their psyche, even though we think it's stupid and it's just, like we get, but like, I really, we got to like, okay, well, what are you hearing? What do you really want? Because it, it's clearly so different than me. So is it like, oh, it was always Stapleton. My high school was Stapleton. Like, I don't know. Like, so it's two things. Okay. The people, you're right. So I'm glad you brought that up. Some people, it is a nostalgic thing. They're like, oh, that's the old airport. I remember going there. We just called it Stapleton. You know, like, that's it. That's one argument. They just think it's just the airport. I didn't know it was named after a Klansman. Therefore, it didn't bother me. And knowing it now doesn't change things for me. The people who are new to the neighborhood, because Colorado, I mean, we have a huge influx of people from all over the country moving here, right? Particularly like California, Texas, that's like a strong one. But people, you know, move here. So most of the people who bought their houses here, like me, who didn't know, were very disappointed to find out that is what the name is for and kind of shocked and surprised, right? Then the people, when they find out about it, everybody who's a newcomer is like, dude, like just change the name, right? Yeah. That's like a normal, I feel like that's a normal reaction. Yeah. So to me, the pushback, even though they're saying, oh, it's just this, what they're saying is it doesn't bother me and I don't care if it bothers you. Well, yes, but there's something enough about the old timers that there's some affinity, like, yes, Grandin, I don't care if it bothers you, but it, it's also like, I like it enough to keep it because I'm hearing what you're saying and yeah, that's bad or whatever, but my nostalgia or my stubbornness, whatever it is, is stronger than that, which is why um, even though they didn't even keep the name of that airport when they moved it due to the same PR concerns, I don't care and I'm going to double down and want to keep it. Yeah, that's why I hate all my neighbors. It's, um, <laughs> this is the thing, you know, I Sorry. I try to be like I have just I don't she's not a coworker anymore, but I always call her my favorite Trump supporter on Mm. this this podcast because I I mentioned I referenced her and I you know when Trump was first elected I felt like I went through uh like existential crisis because yeah they're they're I knew he was going to get elected I wasn't surprised everyone was crying at the Javits Center all the shit I because of the <laughs> things that I'd encountered with some of my co-workers mm-hmm. I was like wait no 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 these are people with whom I spend an absurd amount of time in a in, in work at work and then also, you know, we're, we're friendly outside of work. I know your family, you know, me, you know, just, you know, very personal, right? And at the time, I was, you know, it was a white woman in her 50s, like early 50s. And we were, you know, very close. And we still are. And, you know, it was like a group of us. Her, uh, a gay Puerto Rican guy, a gay black girl, and an Asian girl. We're all like very close. And when we would talk politics and she was voting for him, I was like, wait, this is the inner circle of all people of color and you, and he's totally against everything. And, and you're telling, we would have deep conversations and I would be so hurt because I'm like, wait, so does this mean that we're, is this fake? Like, is our relationship fake or am I missing something? Because I do think you're a good person. I've known you before all of this shit. And she wasn't the only one. Mm. And I, Listen, my family, my friends were like, she's not your friend, she's not. But I was like, no, she is. I know she's a good person. And I'm so, and I, and I, it's hard for me to reconcile with her voting for Trump it's, it's because she's smarter than this. She voted for Obama. Now she's Republican from, I think, financial perspective. I get it. But I don't under, I'm like, but 
does our relationship and all these people like you can't you're, you don't, she doesn't have an excuse that she doesn't know people of color she doesn't know lgbt people she knows all just very intimately <laughs> and she still she still voted for trump and didn't care unapologetically and so does that mean i should have stopped talking to her does that mean yes I'm close to her yes okay you sound like my friends and my family but i didn't and i didn't i girl you you different you are a little bit different i I'm struggled sure i struggled before but I will tell you that I had a hard time with that too. I got rid of people though. And I mean, I'm talking people that are like, people I grew up like, oh my God, like best friends of my family, like people I consider like second mothers and shit, you know? And I don't know that many because of the lifestyle that I yeah. lead and my parents were leading. But I know one, but you know, it's like, hey, I don't talk to her anymore. And I was mad about it and I felt like I had to take a stand. And so like I feel like if you're going to take a stand, you take a stand. Like I don't think that that person does not care about you. I don't – even if you think she does, she doesn't. I, I – so and listen, maybe I'm a person who's used to abuse. I don't know. I just feel like – is my judgment so off? How could I have been so Yes. Off? <laughs> <laughs> you thought I you thought you going to get easy. I'm like, no, girl. Absolutely is not. Is it? I, I just – I'm like, no, she's – I know she's a good person. Not even her. And there's a there's like another older lady. She's in her sixties, white lady who's literally like my work mom. Literally. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something right now. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna interrupt you. Yeah. To tell you a story. Okay. Yeah. And I and I and I want you to know this. The reason I'm telling it to you is so you know I understand where you are coming from. Mm -hmm. Um, a hundred percent actually. Um. It, except for the Trump thing. So I have an older white lady friend that I love. Um, she was somebody that I met when I worked um, at the public library. And I would help her with stuff. You know, she was just a regular customer. Very interesting person. And then I found out she was like all alone. And her kid lives far away. And, she, you know, whatever. So like I I kind of like adopted her a little bit, right? Like a grandma. Like I invited her to my my young son's birthday party two years in a row, right? Like she gave money for my film project. She's like this, you know, I just thought she was great. Um, then last year at my son's birthday party, she said, I am so excited to give you this gift. I This book was very special to me when I was growing up and can't wait, you know, open it up. Bitch, it was a copy of Little Black Sambo. Okay, now, okay. she, maybe she didn't know better. I mean, who cares, right? So I was so, and you know, my dad was here at the time. He saw, like, oh, everyone was like, oh my God. So here I am thinking I'm doing this good service. And guess what? I still talk to her. I brought her groceries last week and I was like, Ugh, I'm never doing that again. I'm not risking my life. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I honestly do think, though, as you get older, things are gray. It's just gray. And things that I definitively could say, yes, I'm going to take a stand. And, like, I, I don't have poor judgment. Like, I don't. I know I don't have poor judgment. I'm an excellent judge of character. And I'm like, this woman's heart is pure. And I know it is. And now, she this year, she's not going to vote for him. <laughs> I'm so friends with the woman. She's not voting for him. She will vote for Biden. But we had deep conversations. And her, her whole thing, honestly, was not that she was really into Trump. The hate for Hillary. For Hillary. That was the biggest thing I learned. So I know, but here's what I learned from the, the 2016 shit. So for me, racism was not a surprise, okay? You don't you can't be a half black, half white girl <laughs> and get surprised by some racism, okay? However, what did surprise me 
was America's true, like, hatred of women. That actually did shock me. Correct. And it still, it impacted this election cycle as well, obviously. Correct, girl. We talked about that in one of my last episodes. Yes, the sexism is realer than we realize in this fucking country. And then all you got to do is add on being black on top of that. Forget about it, right? Yeah. So that's another thing. Like, I typically, unless it's like, Candace Owens or Stacey Dash or some shit. I'm not talking bad about black women because when they do some shit that I'm like, mm, right? I'm not saying it. You know why? Because it's hard to be a black woman in America. Okay? It's hard. And we have to give people more grace in, in some ways, I think. So I try not to do that um, anymore. And I think I have done that in the past, you know? But I'm like, you know what? Forget it. It's I think it depends hard. on the context and what it's about. Like Kamala, I'm not. I, I Ooh, have we got to Kamala. Listen. I, I, we, damn. I'm the next episode is not released yet. We talk about her deeply. We do a deep cut on her and blackness and being half black and black oh, identity yeah. and Ados. We actually, I did a whole Ados episode. Oh lord, and, don't get me started on those people. Girl, listen, you can come <laughs> back because we need to have a follow up conversation because it was. It's. it's we, I've been wanting to do it for a long time, and we. That's the whole. That's the whole thing, right? But. So I said, listen, if you're going to criticize her from a, if you feel that she heavily prosecuted black, she heavily prosecuted people and it disproportionately affected the black and brown communities, especially for drug offenses that were basically minimal. And then I was like, well, that's part of her job. But the issue is then you turn around and go on the breakfast club and then joke about smoking weed in high school or whatever in college to pander then you know that no i feel like that's a legitimate reason for people to call you out because you just like you said taking a stand you can't be both ways well i prosecuted heavily children these boys these young men their lives are now affected for things that you admittedly did and are joking about i think that's not fair however i think in the grand scheme of things like i said things are gray Mm. And people are human beings are flawed and we're not going to have a perfect person. She was definitely the most qualified candidate as far as I'm concerned. And she really should have been the most viable as a forefronter. But there are different layers to like, if you don't even have the support of the black community behind you, then you're definitely not going to have of the majority, right? Because black people oftentimes dictate coolness, what's okay. And if black people are not riding with you, then it's, forget it you're never going to have the majority that's how bernie messed it up he underestimated black people because he he did listen because you know who the black people went for low-key warren you know they went for her after she came at bloomberg (laughs) no that's true that's true but i'm saying even before then you know like i i mean a lot of this is like anecdotal right however i will say I mean, I was a black Warren supporter. I still support her. I thought she did some bullshit, but I didn't think she's any more racist than anybody else. Um, Because I think everyone's racist, right? Like all white people. And we don't. I think everyone's racist in some respect. Now, listen, but I but then we have to talk about our definitions. Right. So that's a that's a problem, too, when we start talking about this. So typically when I am speaking about racism, I am speaking about systemic racism. I am speaking from a like sort of a critical race theorist uh, point of view. That's yep. typically yeah, what I'm race, thinking. Race, 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 race. Unless it's just some white bullshit and no seasoning on the chicken or whatever, right? And then we're like, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. But like, but like in general, that's what I'm speaking about. Um, and so I understand that like 
my former employer did not realize the thing she was doing was racist, right? Mm -hmm. Or even the way she was uh, treating me or talking to me. And I let it slide. Like, how many times do you have white people be like, hey, girl, trying to touch her hair or whatever, you know? Like, even though I am half white and I look like a Puerto Rican or whatever, people do that shit to me too. Of course. I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't, I mean, I, okay, so you being half white should not diminish the experience of just being a one of color, period, and people feeling entitled to enter your space and oh interact with you in a, and, in a transactional in, in way or they like don't even, a very familiar but they don't way even they don't know, know. You. They don't even realize it though. Like for example, why am I, this is like an example I use, why am I the only person of color on your staff besides the janitor? No, I mean, it's a lot of different (laughs) layers to the issues. The sexism and really inequities like gender inequality is something that we don't talk about enough. And there are a lot of different reasons to that. I know, but so so then what happened with Kamala though, I think, because listen, I'm gonna keep it real, ready? I don't want to vote for the popo either. But however, when I looked at her, I couldn't help myself. Okay, she looks like a president. <laughs> Doesn't she? she okay, look- but okay, no. Let's let me. Get, <laughs> we're gonna keep it funky. I talked about some last episode. I'm gonna keep it funky. Kamala has a few strikes against her. Okay, so one, this is related to Ados, but it's just related to a lot of different things. One, she does not have an American parent. Okay, mm. she is a child of immigrants. She is her father's Jamaican. Her father, Girl, aren't you a child of immigrants? Aren't you a child of immigrants? Yeah, I am. But they, mm. okay, let's, let's, let's break down the stuff. And then I'm going to vote for my black ass. So look, it's, um. You won't know till you die. I encourage women to run. Anyway. It's, no. So, um, uh, I've, my path is different and it's not do government service at all. Um, I need to change the business world. And then from there, I can help change other things because unfortunately money talks and sometimes you got to be in the capitalist system to fucking undermine it and change it but anyway everyone doesn't believe that but i do so kamala she her she's jamaican and indian and first of all african-americans question her blackness period and the blackness is is layered right so they're questioning it because she's mixed race which is a fallacy in america because the one drop rule and let's keep it real like i said in the last episode that y'all about to hear is that all of, like, the majority of Black women who we revere in Hollywood and in the media are biracial. If we go to Holly Berry, if we go to Tracy Ellis Ross, Alicia Keys, all these people, no one ever questions their Blackness. It's given that they're Black and we know it and nobody says shit. So suddenly, because her mom's Indian, she's not Black, y'all are fucking bullshitting. Don't give that to me because you don't have no problem with nobody else who's half Black. Don't, don't, don't. That's not even an argument. So, Obama! Okay, sorry. That's, that's bullshit. <laughs> like, y'all can't give that to me because... We black people don't question. Oh, you have black that you black. We don't. That's not a thing. That's it is a thing. thing. But anyway, that's what we're about to that's, talk about that. Yeah, and, <laughs> if, and if it is thing, that's I don't know who y'all. Are, that's not a fucking thing. Like, since when do we say, oh, you're half black, you're not black? That's bullshit. And you can't tell me that from Hollywood. And everything we're saying that y'all are fucking lying. So the real issue that Mm-mm-mm. is which America, like the media, is inequipped, like just unequipped to be able to even articulate because black people are monolith to them but they don't understand like oh the real issue is that there is division within the black community within the black diaspora and so mm-hmm. her being a child of a jamaican man and not being of african-american descent is the fucking problem why y'all think she's not black don't give me that shit and i fucking know it why because i'm a person of jamaican descent i've had people say you're not black i was like what are you talking about like let's not stop playing with me so i know that that's the issue but our c- country is so 
ill-equipped to even have that conversation that it just was like, oh, she's not black enough. It's pros-. It was just surface level bullshit. Why she well, but I feel it. like people did, I mean, at least in my circles, we did discuss like the, the you know, the anti-black rhetoric that is is very specific. So that is one thing I do like agree with like the um, ADOS or ADO. I don't know. How do you say the acronym? I don't know how to say it either. You know, I'm like ADOS, whatever. I'm mad at y'all. Um, <laughs> in general, because my thing is that we're not going to go ahead and, and decide that you don't get reparations if you're not a black American descended from a slave, even though Jamaican people are also descended from slaves so, or enslaved okay. people but thing, so I'm but a, then I'm, a, I, but I'm the, okay well, honestly for the ados thing i don't care if number one reparation is not going to happen so that's number one but I listen know. it's not but two if you feel that there's some going to be some lineage test that people from america should only get it i'm actually okay with that i'm gonna tell you why because truth be told jamaican slaves we can go to the uk and be like yo well y'all owe us owe me back like yo your tax that's 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 actually fine like if because if it's a fiscal fucking issue and it has to be a government thing fine i don't know how you really i know but, do it, but that's the problem though right it's like how are we gonna do it no i understand what you're saying i i, I don't want to i don't want to poo-poo that because i believe you i feel like yeah if we're talking about a specific group of people in a specific period of time, right? Yeah. And so then that's what my question is, though, because I always ask them, like, well, how much do I get? Because my grand great-granddaddy <laughs> was a slave and my other great-granddaddy owned slaves. So, like, you know, I, I Well, you I still know. get it. I don't think that makes a difference. I don't think because someone owned... Because anyone... Any anyone who African American, even whatever, Jamaican, anyone, we all have European descent. I do all this DNA shit, which I can't even get into. But everyone, there's no one yeah. who is going to be Af- of of African descent in the Western Hemisphere who's really going to be a hundred percent African, right? Yeah. Just through the nature of slavery, we're all going to have European lineage, and it's often because of slavery. Right. And they're going to be, you know, people who ha- who own slaves are in your lineage. So that doesn't you you get your full amount. Like you get your full. I'm amount. like I would like it right now, but <laughs> I mean this is all rhetorical, obviously. But you get your full amount. It doesn't matter if you want. It doesn't matter. It's the same as yeah. But else. and that's what. But I talk about it because I think about what happened. Like me and my husband are in a good position in general. Mm-hmm. I'm more so than him, and you know why? Because his daddy was an immigrant girl. I'm telling you, I hear you. Like he, they had a different, and it is like, there's like a different mentality. And then also when you're trying to assimilate to American culture, part of being American is hating black people and thinking that they're, they're no good beyond whatever entertainment value they can provide. That is part of being American. So that's the hot that, yeah. I mean, it's the realist, like it's so true. So anti-blackness is a worldwide phenomenon, which is crazy to me since the most of the world has a a higher melanin pop you know content than you know what is the i don't know what the percent is what's the percent of white people in the world you know i don't know the percentage but it's not the majority clearly no i know and then even in the in america it's changing now too right so to me kamala was actually a good example and even though she had does not have an american parent Right now, listen. Before people be dragging me and shit, I was never for Kamala because I, girl, I am anti Popo. I was like, man, she's Popo. And I lived in the Bay Area for years and years. I knew her when she was the, um, the the DA. So I feel like 
the other thing that happened with her that bothered me as a, a, a is that she did a lot of good things too, Gwen. Like she did. And the problem was the way she just like, she just didn't say it right. And I think that that happens constantly with politicians because what we wanted to hear, at, at, at least, I'll, let me say, I got to stop saying we, I got to say, this progressive person that you're talking to, right? I wanted to hear her say, you know what? I fucked up then and I am, I grew up in this white supremacist culture just as much as anyone else. That is what we were doing at the time. However, I, and I apologize and I am sorry for it. She can't, she but, can't say that. She can't say that because she is trying to be the president for the entire country. So the, the people who fault her for that, there's a greater group of people who think that she did the right thing. So if she fell on her sword, she would have completely alienated her. And so the other thing I wanted her to do, and I told this because actually I was I'm somewhat friends with one of her, with her in Colorado, with the, when she was running here, because she came, you know, and she, she was like, she'd introduced her at the rally in Colorado and her speech was so good. This is our state, one of our state representatives. Mm -hmm. And it was such a, I was like, that speech that she gave is the speech I wanted Kamala to give. I wanted her to just leave. <laughs> Sorry, I <Wait>. laughed. <laughs> yeah. But then that also showed you that Kamala wasn't, if she can't do that, then you, you're not ready to play ball. So I think, I mean, I'm not going to, I can't really argue, obviously, because she's not, you know what I mean? But girl, she about to be the vice president. So, and Joe Biden ain't going to make it. She, I think. She, well, if she, listen, if she is, she, he's definitely going to put a nail in his coffin. But listen, we didn't get to the second issue. So the oh, first yeah, reason why Kamala was not going to fly is because she doesn't have an American parent. And Barack Obama, listen, I talk about it. Barack got some of the same criticism too, but he got the black endorsement because he had his black wife who does check all the boxes. She's mm -hmm. dark skinned. She's from Chicago. She's educated. She is black girl magic. And he got Lady O, Oprah to, you know, she was the one who basically got him elected. Now Oprah has a different image right now and the black community has more issues with Oprah now. But at the time, you know, everybody yeah. listened to Mama O. So he had, even though he's biracial and, you know, even though his mom is white and his dad is African, um, he, his, through proxy, he got his coolness and he got his okay factor through Michelle Obama and through Oprah. Oprah. So and also, let's woman. keep it real, girl. That guy was in the tomb gang and smoking weed and he looked cool. <laughs> exactly. That's why he was cool because... Because he got because black women are the gatekeepers of blackness, and so here we so the real issue with Kamala, honestly, number two, is that her husband is white, and that's the hot take, and that's the hard thing to swallow. But you know, when black women date outside of their race, it is really taken differently in the black community mm -hmm. than white when then black men do it. Mm -hmm. And I know because we're always put up to this ridiculous standard. That we don't, and the, they're always moving the shit too, right? Yeah. So like, we don't like to me in my mind that that actually really annoys me um, as the product of a healthy, loving squirrel, right. and like, I just felt like, man, that's none of your business. I just I don't like it. I, I that's just personal, right? Because I feel like she, that's not none of my business, is what I feel like, and I know that other people have a different take on that. I'm all for black love. Like, I love it. Like the other, when I went, I was at Sundance and I ran into um, Raven Goodwin. She's on the Clark, the, the Clark sisters, the gospel mm -hmm. lifetime movie. I met her. I didn't know who she was, but she was there with her husband and they looked so 
beautiful. She's like this, you know, very voluptuous black woman. And she had on this awesome like camel colored coat and he did like, they looked so gorgeous that I like took their picture and I started talking to them before realizing I'm like, Oh shit, I'm talking to like a star. Right. But the reason I took it was because I love to see that. Like I, and I don't know why, like, I'm not mad when I see a black woman and a black man together and I don't want people to be mad. But then on the same token, girl, Things are complicated. Two things can be true at one time. When I see a black man with a white woman, even though my mother was white, I side-eye them a little tiny bit. You got to break all of that down. You got to break that down because you're a product of such a relationship. So what, and honestly, you're not the first person I know who's biracial who said this, but I want you to break it down for this podcast as to why that triggers something. So for me, it's because I identify as black. I mean, I think it's as simple as that. Like, I understand the erasure of, like, black women as beauty, right? Or as as people who should be revered and honored in our culture. Like, anyone. Like, we all should be, right? Ultimately. Why do I, does it bother me? This is a deep question. I believe it is because I identify as black and I don't, and that's part of like a cultural thing, right? However, when I think about my, my own parents' relationship, again, time and place, right? So when my parents met and, and fell in love, dude, all those people, that was New York City in like 1970, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they weren't, they were just partying, man. Everybody was loving on each other. It was a totally different time. And I think like my parents had a pretty um, loving marriage most, most of the time, you know, and that was, that's what I saw. However, when I was dating and doing things like that, I wanted a black boyfriend or a husband, you know, and I did date white guys occasionally, but usually white guys didn't like me. Like, that's another common thing I hear from a lot of mixed girls or whatever that grew up in like predominantly white areas. They'll be like, "Ugh, you know, mixed white guys don't like me. I used to say that all the time. White boys don't like me. And it's like, why do we want them to like us? So there's like a lot of stuff of my own stuff, I guess, like in there. But that's deep. That's just deep in general. I think mixed black women, I think just in, if you, if you look at the dating apps, like a, a study came out several years ago, um, you know, black women are the least likely to be um, mm-hmm. selected or messaged on them. And from the men, it's white men, number one, then it's black men. And then from the women, the top uh, women who are, you know, get Asian or white women and Asian women. Oh, I was like, I was going Asian first. Yeah, probably Asians, yeah. you know, slipping higher, like, you know, probably each inch in towards, you know, neck and neck. And yeah. so we... So that is normal, I think, as a black woman um, to to feel that because generally black women are deemed undesirable, right? And then there's nuance within the black community, and then people assume that okay, well, you're if someone's light skinned or someone's mixed race, then that makes them more desirable as well, and that can be debatable, you know. So within the black community, okay, fine if you want to say that, yes, but it doesn't necessarily mean that okay, you're more desirable to uh, white man. It doesn't necessarily mean that. So I did that same cast of, 
you know, being black or being mixed race, mixed with black. I want to be specific about that because everyone. So that's another thing I like to be very specific about because my film, All Mixed Up or Changing Racial Identities, I interviewed a lot of people who identified as mixed race. However, I think it is so important to note that when you're mixed with black, it's different because of the history of the country and because of, again, the one drop rule, right? It's like this blood quantum thing for the Native Americans peoples, right? Indigenous people. It's like, they wanted more workers, so they said, well, one drop of black blood makes you black, and then they wanted the Native Americans to get phased out, so they were like, you have to have this much to be considered, you know, a member of a tribe, right? Yeah. So they 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 always wanted more free workforce from us, and then when you just go through history, like, just basic black history, right, from, like, 1619 to now, it's like, come on, man. We've been free, like, what, 50, 50 years, if that? Yeah. Plus the prison industrial complex? Exactly. So so I don't – so to me, it does – it feels hurtful, I think. Oh, my God. I'm about to get deep. It feels hurtful, I think, when we see that black man with a white woman because you're like, but why? Right? And then that's where we get to the Why? Do is it because they think black women are undesirable because a black woman is too much work? Is it because, you know, that's what you hear, right? Like personally, for example, like my husband likes it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like having like a hard woman, I mean, that's something you hear, you know, particularly from like hotel Twitter and stuff too, right? But it's like <laughs> You, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Um, well, so, so I, I have a question. There's a little nuance because I believe is your, your mom was Jewish. No, but she was like a Jew, I feel like. Okay, so why don't I thought you think your mom was Jewish? Okay. Because my husband's mom was Jewish, maybe. And also okay. because I I put off a very Jewy vibe because my name is Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-H. My middle name True. is Esther. And I grew up in Westchester. Correct. And I grew up, okay. And then in addition to that, my mom's uncle and um was jewish and so they and they they were living in stuyvesant town right but when my parents got married and my mom's parents were like nope my great aunt and uncle were more like my grandparents on my mom's side and so and they were and he was jewish and they they raised their children my cousins with um you know, with like a secular Jewish, you know, we carry on the traditions, we do the things, we did it. So I, I grew up with that. And I think that that is why. And I, I just seem kind of Jewish to people and I don't mind. <laughs> okay. Not a problem. I, I don't know why. Probably it was Rebecca and the Westchester thing together. I don't know why. It is. Um, it it, no, I promise you. I promise you. Because, and then I'm always like posting stuff about like my satyrs and stuff that we do. But we just do like a little bit of everything because we want our son to understand like his lineage and understand how he is you know as my poet friend Dominique Christina said one time like you know he's ascended from all of these like amazing people on all sides of his family right. you know right no I you know I think, no, I think anyway. that's great I think it's, it's obviously great for him to know all these cultures I think going back to the whole black you know the I, I do want to I want to talk through this particularly because I know especially if I cut this up like ah black women always complain about black men so I I want to I always like to be fair about this conversation I want to recognize that listen the majority of black people in America are in relationships with other black people so I want to acknowledge that and black love is a thing and it's a beautiful thing and it is it is 
Absolutely. There is a disparity. And I think if we sit here and lie and say like, oh, no, you know, love is love. Love is not always love. If you guys have been a dating app, you know that it's not. And sometimes there are nuances to what is behind that and the reasons why an attraction and it's due to societal things that have been ingrained in you, beauty standards, um, mm-hmm. so many different things, right? So it's not so black and white. It's, it's just not. So if we talk about black men who statistically do outmarry more than black women, uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's changing, but they do in the U.S. and I would say the U.K. too, because y'all try to be slick over there, but I know you, okay? Because I got a lot of cousins in the U.K. So um, <laughs> also, you know, and Canada. So same thing. Same thing, right? So we see this. It's a, it's a thing. And it would be one thing if it's like I, I found the person who is compatible with me and I love her. And I'm not saying it never happens because it does. You're your case in point of that. And it does. And I think that's beautiful because no one can say that, you know, you you're, the person you love has to be from your culture, from your race. That's not true. I don't believe that at all. Um, I think what is problematic and that it's vocalized, so don't act like it's not true. It's in songs. It's in different, it's, it's, it's listen, with the social media, people say all the time, a lot of times black men, as they rise to having mm-hmm. more means or think they do, right? It doesn't mean that you have to be a millionaire mm-hmm. celebrity, but as you do it, as you start to have more accolades, the... I'm going to say the non-black wife, but originally it was the white wife, but now it's just the non-black wife, is the treasure, the the, the trophy, the accolade mm-hmm. that you get as, you know, as part of your spoils, as you're doing mm-hmm. better in life, right? And then mm-hmm. that's one thing. But then the other thing is that vocally it is like, well, while you're doing that, there becomes the downplay of the black woman. There becomes the criticism of the black woman. Mm-hmm. That, oh, black women are this and that. It's because black women can't do... Well, so... It is also a crazy thing to say because these same black men came from a black woman. <laughs> so I'm like, you're talking all this shit about black women, but your mom, your sisters, your aunties, your grandma are all black women. And, but you're vilifying them, but you came from them. So it, it, it goes to the self-hatred that is in the black community, which is not mm. something I'm blaming anyone for. Cause we're all a product of, you know, col- colonialism and it's, it's, it's a part of the it's a part of the theme that comes from being colonial mindset, and it's not just with black people. So mm-hmm. you know, listen, I'm only going to talk about my community, but it's very prevalent in the Latino community. It's very prevalent in very in Asian communities. Same shit in, in different manifestations, but it happens, right? Where the white woman is the pinnacle, the standard of beauty, and and there are different comedians who are like Asian, who are Indian, who talk about it like, hey, you know, when we make it, we like to have a white girl. That's that's a conversation. It's a real thing. So I think we should call a thing a thing. And what I like to say is white supremacy is a hell of a drug. So that is the reason, ultimately, for me, it always comes down to that, is that we are we have to keep our inner white supremacists in control. Right. We have we all have that inner white supremacist. And I I've been I battle with mine. Right from time to time. And it's, it's wild. And I, and one example I'll give you is I testified, um, at the state Capitol here in Colorado for the crown act here, which we, you know, we're passing. Um, if you're familiar with the crown act, I'm not. uh, it's for natural, to protect natural hair in workplace environments. Oh, basically. okay. Has a name. Okay. Yes. I'm, okay, yeah. I'm familiar with it. Not the name. Okay. So, so I, we need a federal one, but states are doing it. Cause that, you know, that's how it works, right? We get our rights and then eventually the rest of the country will follow along. 
And the story I told, like, I knew I was taking a risk, okay, of getting dra- – I knew they were going to drag me. Like, I was like, oh, God, I can't believe I'm doing this. You know, I'm sitting up here. And <laughs> – but I had to tell Why my story. Why do you story. think you're going to get dragged? Because when people look at me in Colorado specifically – this is Colorado – they don't see me as black. They are very like suspicious of me. <laughs> it's like kind of funny. But what do they see I, you as? Um, I guess some people think I'm white, which is very like disturbing for me. So when I told my story about my for the crown, when I testified, I was thinking about how my hair, right, growing up. Oh my god, I just hated it. I I I thought like, and I remember in first grade, my first grade teacher said to me, "Does your mother brush your hair?" And it's still a memory that like, honestly, like it's a visceral memory that brings up shame for me. And at the time, like I didn't know why I didn't understand what it was. But of course, now as an adult, I see what it was. But that really impacted me. Um, And I remember like my friend (laughs) who is uh, half Puerto Rican, half white, right? So we would like hang out and her mom was like brown. And I remember her like ironing my hair with an ironing, like an actual iron, yep. right? And like trying to straighten my hair. And I did the, you know, the towel on my head so I could feel my hair like that. You know, like I wanted straight hair so bad. Like I hated it. Thought my curls were, you know. And then I I have never, I never had gone on a job interview without a blowout. You know what I'm saying? So, but but that's real, and then it gives you a better chance. It does because you're pre- because you're more palatable if you have straight hair. It's just the facts. I know, and so that to me though, and then like the day I testify, I went, I just like brushed out my hair, right? And I was like, that's it, because when I brush my hair, it is like ridiculous, right? And so it's just like a big frizzy thing, and it's so you know. And I said, but this is my hair, how it grows out of my head, and for me regardless of how you're looking at me, for me, I feel really embarrassed right now to be out in public and like on TV and shit with my hair like this. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at it like, you know, my darker skin sisters with a different hair texture are looking at me like I'm crazy because bitch, they make, they make weaves out of my hair. You know what I mean? Like people, everybody's wearing my hair, my exact like loose curl or whatever. Right. And so, so I'm like, so, so that's why though I get, because I'm saying that's how deep it is that somebody who looks like me and has my hair texture is ashamed of their hair. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. And I think this interesting. So one thing I'd say about, you know, as a person who's dark skin myself, so I think when black women, dark skin women grow up in predominantly black areas, they sometimes do not get this nuance because they've always been in black areas, but as a person who did not. Uh, mm. And so like, it would just be me. And then there might be like, you know, an Egyptian girl or a random like Middle Eastern girl and maybe one like, you know, just a few, there were few little droplets, brown little, you know, caramel and chocolate droplets. Um, you're, you're bonding together and there's a shared experience across that right so yeah they're not going to have 4c texture you guys don't know what this is don't matter it's just uh tightly coiled there's just like a whole hair grading system um but it doesn't mean that someone who is lighter skin or brown does not have a similar experience it's just within that context so i you know i think we also need to be careful you know black women dark skin women like vision is hard and like i understand that people feel like there's a privilege for light skin i understand that but and there the, is the black experience is vast and there are yes. a shared experience and we can't lose a side of that and get too hung up on the distinctions like we really can't like so speaking th- of that yeah. can we talk about 
the new show on Netflix. Because what you're talking about to me right now is like a beautiful segue into that. Because that's what people are mad about on that show, by the black. way. So, okay, let's let's talk about this. So, Black as Fuck, uh, Black AF. I didn't know anything about it, right? I happened to okay. talk to my cousin yesterday. I saw, I saw, no, I think I had gone on Netflix and saw, like, it had come up. Maybe I saw a little bit on social media, but I wasn't paying attention. And my cousin called me yesterday. Um, and he was like, have you seen it? And I was like, no, it's on my list. I was going to watch it. And he's like, no, tell me how you feel about it. You know, it's a problem. So I quickly just lightly did a quick Twitter search. And I was like, okay, I don't think people like this show. I don't know. So I didn't know <laughs> anything about it. So yesterday I was like, okay. So I started to watch the first episode. And I, I didn't have the context, so I didn't know. I knew the guy who does Blackish, Mixish, and Grownish was in it, but I didn't know anything else. And I'm like, wait, I don't know what's going on. This is I couldn't tell the the genre. Okay, I couldn't mm. watching it. <laughs> I didn't know what the genre it was. I was like, I don't know what I'm looking. Is this a drama? Is it a? I I just didn't know because I I for me. I feel like the acting isn't good because the guy is a producer, but I don't think he's a good actor. So I okay, feel like yeah, that is a totally valid criticism. And I want to let you know that I, we, we all agree on that. that yeah, guy, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I feel like played he's ruining himself. the show. He is honestly, if he, because the star is Rashida. Right. And yeah. so, so like, I, I actually, that's like the conversation we were having about it, but let's, let's keep going. So you're watching it. You don't know what the genre is. You feel confused. And then yeah, I couldn't happened? tell the genre, which is which is bad. So you guys, if someone's watching something and they don't know what genre it is, that's also not good. I was like, wait, I don't, I'm confused, right? And then some people started tweeting me like, it's comedy! And they're like criticizing me, like, lighten up. I'm like, okay, I didn't, oh, is that what this is? I don't know what's going on. I really don't. So yeah. um, I was like, okay, I get it. And so then my cousin's like, oh, it's dry humor. I said, oh, because I texted him. I was like, someone just yelled at me on Twitter. Is, is this a comedy? <laughs> and he's like, it's supposed to be dry humor. He's like, one of the guys who doing it he did uh like the office parks and rec i was like oh my god i love those shows i was like is this what it's supposed to be the same genre i was like mm. okay i'm not getting that and so i saw glimpses like it took me two days to get to that first episode because i was like this isn't good but i'm trying for the culture so the like the first scene i liked it but i was lost a bit i was like is this hyperbole i was just confused but then i i've gotten through three episodes now i i um uh, I, oh. You don't I, like I, it? I like the, you know, I, I think the concept could have worked. Mm -hmm. I, I, okay, I think this is my thing. I don't know how, because I watch, I've, I watch Blackish, Grownish, and Mixish. I see all oh. of them. And so I actually am very confused how he could be so spot on with Blackish, from my opinion, and then end up with this. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, ugh, okay. So I only, I've watched, I've watched just a few episodes of Blackish. I watched a few, a couple episodes of Mixed Dish because for obvious reasons. And I always enjoy it, right? As like a television show, like forget any, like, you know, it's just like, oh, I laughed. I like it. Everyone looks good, you know, whatever. And so I didn't think that much of it, but I'm not like a hardcore Blackish fan. Um, the reason that I started watching the show was because I saw a commercial for it and I like Rashida Jones. Um, and I know that's controversial, but I think she's funny and I, I've enjoyed like almost all of, I think I, I've enjoyed all of her performances. Yes. Like that Quincy documentary was good. You know, like she, no, she's awesome. I love her. Rashida's so I don't have a problem with her. Right. I yeah. like her. No, no, no situation there. And I get, I liked seeing them. 
I'm like, oh, I feel seen. Right. <laughs> I was like, I feel represented as right. a black identifying woman who is a light bright, right? Like that is my, she's me as far as like I'm concerned. I'm like, this is what I'm thinking before I watch the show. I'm like, oh, she's the black wife and oh, this is great. Like, right now, do you know that this is based on his real life? Yes, I do. Okay. Which so his wife Blackish too. It's this is all right. Yes. So Blackish is like the fictional version. This is supposed to be like the real, but like Larry David, Carbon Enthusiasm, you know, kind of style. Like he's yeah, a jerk. But it's not, they're not hitting the mark at all. But okay. Right. So so from that perspective, I would say yes. I also feel like I always go back to this, and we talk about this on on my show a lot. Um, you know, representation, and I think it's important that we have lots of diverse and different kinds of black people represented. That's why that's why Issa Rae blew up yes. like she did. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, and by the way, I discovered Issa Rae and I would just like to brag about that as I always do because I have an email from her from 2011. <laughs> and <laughs> when Awkward Black Girl came on the scene, that was like my favorite. And I thing. love Awkward Black Girl and Loki, I think is better than Secure, but I'm going to shut up. Okay. <laughs> It was really good, though. I mean, it was it was the best thing on the internet. That's actually what my email said. I was like, I don't have a question. I was like, I just want to tell you this is the best thing on the internet. And she wrote me back and was like, oh, follow me on social media. And like, I low-key like, think she still operates her Awkward Black Girl account and does it like for her fans. Like, I think, like for the real, like the OGs or something. Because whenever you, I, like, I don't know. It's just like a, a, a suspicion I have. So... Like, I think maybe sometimes she has an assistant do it, and then I think sometimes she just does it. It's just a theory. Okay. So anyway, that's why. So I like to see that kind of representation. I also, as a mixed race person, I get excited when I see mixed race people playing mixed race people. And so that's where I think that, like, sometimes, like, the breakdown of community communication is that people are like what people saw when they saw that show was they were like why is Rashida Jones pretending to be black so someone my friend sent me a dm about that and this I didn't know the show and I just saw she sent me a dm when people and she was like people are saying Rashida Jones isn't black and I was like wait what and that was she just sent me that and I was like what are you talking about I was like she's Quincy Jones daughter and her first name is fucking Rashida like what the fuck is going on so, I mean, not to be, you know, <laughs> glib, but I'm just saying, I'm like, who who said that? So I didn't have, like, the context for the show at all. I was like, so who's questioning her blackness? I'm confused. Girl, everybody is questioning her blackness, and it's so annoying to me. Who are these people? They are Hotep and Hotep adjacent. So... Are, do you think they're younger? Do you think this is Gen Z? No. It's no. both. It's it's all those because what they feel like they think this is this is girl, everything I give you is like anecdotal and it's from Twitter and like my Facebook friends, okay? But it's basically they feel like she's never been she never has been black and she's always cast as racially ambiguous and she doesn't identify as black and they don't like that, right? Now Well based on what? Based on I don't, okay, to tell you the truth, I don't really know because I feel like she's like the daughter of like one of the most famous black people in the world. So it's like, come on now. Um, her sister was like engaged to Tupac. Like, what the fuck are we talking about right now? What? Listen, that is why I get spicy about it. But as soon as I do, then people are ready to like call me Rachel Dolezal and shit, you know? And it's just, 
she was working and doing her career and they're saying, well, now she's, but she has never, in my opinion of anything I know about her, she's never been like using her blackness to like suddenly get paid because it's hip. She got cast and she's doing a show because she looks just like the show's creator's wife. Correct. So can we, I want to, okay, we'll stick to Rashida, but I want to go back to something. You said you, you were interested in Black as Fuck um, because, or Black AF, sorry, mm-hmm. um, because you like seeing mixed race people play mixed race yes. people. But I, I think that's a very interesting statement because when Mixed Dish came out, um, I did see criticism and I thought I was like, mm, this is a, mm, people keep on something here. Some there was some criticism about the show Mixish because mm-hmm. they said, well, on Blackish, half the cast is biracial and they're black, and then now you need a spinoff about being mixed and they're and they're biracial again. So like, so when are people black and when are they mixed? And I was like, well, shit, I don't fucking know because it. I was like, okay, I and it was really from the concept of um, opportunities given to actors, right? So they're saying like people who present as like darker skin and things like that are not really giving the getting a lot of opportunities in entertainment. And if you go to music videos, anything like that, you know, the biracial looking or a mixed race person mixed or black is a person who's revered. And mm-hmm. so and also we do from the one drop rule say that people are black and then, you know, they're playing black quote-unquote like black roles what like let me think so rainbow is biracial she does biracial on the show but the children there are some of the children who are like yara shahidi like Mm -hmm. you know they're mixed race but they're playing like the black children and then on mixed dish you have other but they're playing black children of a half black mother right so they're mixed well are they, does that make them mixed? Does it make them black? I mean, I don't know. What, what, how we define blackness? When, when is someone black and when is someone mixed? I mean, exactly, right? So what we're typically basing it on, ultimately, is phenotypes, right? So we're going to say um, if a person has a darker complexion and a certain texture of hair, then we put them in the category of black, right? So that's that's how it how it goes right like but so what we're tricky that's, it is tricky because tricky then because look at is... angela davis or not, uh what's her name um sorry i'm thinking about like yeah angela davis right that's tricky so this i was an episode <laughs> idea i've had that i haven't been able to do because i'm coordinated but i need to is where i wanted to have which is crazy i want to have light-skinned black people to come but from different perspectives i want people who are light-skinned but not mixed Mm-hmm. And also oh, I got a, I've got a great person for you to interview. If you who want. are also biracial or mixed race? Because I think it is different having like a parent who's not black, or maybe mm-hmm. a grandparent who's not black, as opposed mm-hmm. to someone who's been like just through color, you know, through mm-hmm. which, it, which, 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 by the way, is not always dictated by European genes because all the DNA. Shit I'm saying, like, I have a lot of light skinned people in my family, but now we've done a DNA test. I'm like, well, shit, we the same fucking mixture. <laughs> like, our shit is the same, but you're like, you know, significantly fairer. And so it's it's an interesting thing that we don't even realize. Like, we the assumption all the time is that the skin type, the skin color, is due to like, oh, it's like this white ancestor, but sometimes it's not. Um, you know, just it's black just people. the way the genes get turned. Like, people don't understand that, right? So ultimately, like, this is race. When we start talking about it like that, it's like, dude, there's one race. It's the human race, right? I'm not trying to do no colorblind shit. I'm just saying that's science, okay? (laughs) Race is a social construct. Like, it's not a real thing, but 
the impacts of it are very real. So, yeah. And then my sister, who's my oldest sister, is is very light skin, fair skin, and she's offended when people ask her what she is or she's mixed. She fucking hates it. I know. She, she hates it. And I have another cousin I should, who also is very fair skin. And people, she's mixed. And black people question her. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm black. My mom's black. My dad, you know. And, 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 and you know, my sister, I'm a black woman. It's true. And it's like, wait, what are you doing? I, I'm black. No, I'm not biracial. I'm not. I'm just black. And so that's also real, right? That's yeah, also Of course, real. because it is a different experience. And people talk about that too. Like, yeah, of course. And that's the same shit. That's one of the reasons people think, you know, Obama had was able to work in some of the ways that he could work, not because he was half white, but because he loved some white people. And he knew what it was like to not be hated by a white person, right? Right. right. And that makes a difference when you have people. That's important to know, you know? Like, I can say my mom, you know, my mom passed, but, like, she was just as racist as anyone else. And she said hella racist things to us. But guess what? She was my mom. So I was just like, "Mm." you know? (laughs) Like, she was my mom. So to to me, that, that, ugh. It's just, it's so frustrating. And then also to say like, yes, I know I didn't have like a quote unquote black household and I did. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, no it's interesting because I'm thinking Beyonce, she's a perfect example. I'm like, who am I talking about my family? Beyonce's not mixed. Come no, but on. people say I look like her, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Beyonce's mom's not biracial either, right? So it's like, okay, look, you guys can see someone can be light-skinned, fair-skinned, and be black. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that they're biracial. Her mother's not biracial either. So I, I, I think we conflate so many things, and we do. We, we conflate a lot of things. I know, and- but then we have to separate, like, what is cultural versus, like, what is – so. Because that, I remember being really mad like a few years ago uh, when Oprah did the light skin girls doc. You know, they had the dark skin girls and the oh, light yeah, skin yeah. girls. I, one. Uh, damn, I, I may have seen it. Or... So I saw it because I was like, ooh, right? <laughs> of course, I was like, ooh. And then I'm watching it, and the criticism for it made me very angry at the time because people were like, these women are not light skinned, they're biracial. And that is annoying to me. And part of it to me was I was like, yeah, but where, do you, where does light skin come from where does it come from yeah i mean it's it's okay shit this fucking makes so to an extent it, it it does right so i have um a cousin she from my dad's side and she's fair skin and i assume she was going to be um i thought i'm assuming like oh well her mom is also fair skin so this you know they have a lot of european but dna but we did it and she and i literally have the same fucking breakdown and i was like wait what so Mm -hmm. i'm like okay well this is not any big european influence it's not it's not my mom's family like my mom my grandfather was light-skinned he's not biracial Uh, my grand my mom's father is light-skinned man with green eyes he's not biracial um his his mother same thing light-skinned green eyes not biracial but because I've done, I know where the biracial comes in. Not that, not yet. But my mom, half of her sisters are light skin, and and her just six of them, and the half of them are dark. And so she's dark, and and but you know my sister's light. So it just it genes pass stuff down, right? So being light skin is technically it's actually not. And and I and this is a discovery I had just from doing DNA and looking into admixture. It's on chromosome thirteen, everyone. Okay, so mm. I'm gonna give you some science. Your skin color is determined by the 
uh, the genes that are passed in chromosome 13. Yes, some of them, it depends on being mixed with European, but it looks like the Africa, the African genotypes, West, the West African genotypes are very varied and there is skin color variation. So there's a mm-hmm. term where people say like red Ebo and mm-hmm. in Jamaica, and mm-hmm. that is because a lot of the Ebo pe- uh, people from Nigeria happened to be fair skinned, but they were not mixed. So I think just from a genetic perspective, people just don't know science enough. So yes, it can be due to European lineage, but they're actually just African genomes that also have fair skin. There's also a high prevalence of, um, and that's not just the same thing, but there's a high prevalence of albinism also in West Africa. So I think we need to just be cognizant that it can come from European genes, but actually can come from African genes. But if someone's mixed, yes, their skin is light. You have eyes, Right. And then the other thing is someone who is not biracial, but fair skinned uh, also doesn't have to be mixed. So this is the whole thing of like the black experience is very diverse. And we just seem to just want to dumb it down and not acknowledge that. So this is where the audio apparently cut off because I may or may not have deleted the second half of the episode. Gwen's been going through some things, but look, we got a good hour and 15 minutes of content. Shout out to Miss Rebecca for coming through. Definitely will have her come back. Follow her on Twitter and on all social media at Rebecca Mendation, R-E-B-E-K-A-H-M-E-N-D-A-T-I-O-N. Another great episode with another great guest. Uh, She also has a podcast. So follow her. Shout out to her. Hope everyone is safe at home, even if you find yourself protesting for some reason. Um, Be safe. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Do what you got to do during the pandemic. And till next time, peace. Thank you.